1: Four hours away from the World Series. Bron Krasinski crash and Kane is back with the match. What's going on, dude? You having fun watching the playoffs? Anything stand out to you? Are you jealous?
2: Well, you know, a little jealous, but you know, it's, it's not bad sitting on my couch watching, you know, the excitement, but, uh, I mean, what else can you ask for? You know, two game sevens, it was awesome. It was a lot of fun to watch. So, uh, yeah, we just, me and my boys, we sat down and watched the games. I mean, it was fun to watch uh, Arizona Diamondbacks pitching staff, the way they, the way they quieted uh, a veteran Phillies lineup the way they did. That was awesome to watch. so uh And they had a bunch of time to hit it as well. So to go out there and, and play the way they did, it was a lot of fun to watch. And I'm excited to watch them in the World Series. Do you root for upsets? Because the one
1: thing, and we'll get these guys to chime in on it too, is there are so many articles and social media posts right now being like unappealing, World Series matchup, Boeing matchup, you know, there's complaining, and it's funny, it's like, I feel like some of those people that are complaining, Lokane, are the same people that are like, why is it always talking about Yankees, Red Sox, and and seeing the same big markets, you know, LA, New York, and Philly. And it's like, okay, here you go. You got Arizona, which is actually a decent size market. It's just a newer franchise and just doesn't have maybe the same fan base. And Texas, mm-hmm. I looked up, it's a top five, it's five. It's the fifth biggest TV market. So
2: everyone chill. All right. I don't consider Texas a small market, but I guess, I don't know. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm excited to see the underdog, the small market teams, so they say, say, uh, get in there and get some action in the World Series, you know, uh, remind me of, of my Kansas City days, you know, and opportunity we had to to play in the world series against, I guess, quote unquote, New York Mets and the San Francisco Giants. So yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun, but I don't, I'm not sure if I decided on who I want to pick yet. Okay, fair. Well, let's charge the damn mound and keep this
1: going right now. So my question is, and Kratz, you can chime in on the Kansas city side of this. Also, if you don't have teams like this, making it the distance right to the world series, and you don't have upsets, and you don't have, you know, quote, smaller markets or less followed teams, then why should that fan base be interested, right? Like Kansas City waited a long-ass time, that fan base, and then they got rewarded. And it can change, like, a generation of fans, no?
3: Oh, for sure. I mean, am I supposed to put on my, are we role-playing here?
1: Am I an owner? I didn't know if we started the day I was role-playing or not. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, AJ is trying to limit me to about, what, one... Per day? One, One per never. Play. One per never. Okay. So I guess not. Okay. The the fun it, police is out. No, this is this is
3: what you hope your team, the team that you want to root for, is is going for is trying to A make the playoffs, B make the World Series. And those kind of things don't just happen on their own. They don't just happen. But to me, if you're especially if you're a Diamondbacks fan or if you're a Diamondbacks team fans just aren't going to come out because, well, you're the only baseball team in town. It's like the Rays syndrome. Like, yes, I get it. There's no other professional teams because Orlando will never get a team. But they're not just going to come out. You have to, like, sell yourself to the city. So the Rays have had success and made it to the World Series. They haven't won one yet. But they still have to sell themselves to the city. Arizona's the same way. Like, Arizona and these – they're not small markets. But – You want your team to push to make it to this level. I don't know that the Diamondbacks necessarily pushed to make it to this level. They just did it their way and look at them now.
2: Mm -hmm. Is it good?
4: It's good. Don't tell the teams that are on the players on those two teams. It's not a, a good World Series. Don't tell the Diamondbacks and the Rangers. They don't care who's watching. They don't care how many people are watching. They only care about they're the last two teams standing. you got a chance to win a World Series ring. Like I never. Here's the thing about and obviously as someone that works for Fox and I'm here about the ratings and all that stuff all the time. You can't control the matchups. Now there obviously are better matchups for viewership wise because they have built in fans over years and years and years of, of Yankees, Red Sox, Cardinals, Cubs, Dodgers. Like they have built in fan bases from years and years and years of winning and years and years of tradition. But don't tell me the hardcore Diamondback fans aren't just as interested in this as the hardcore Ranger fans, as the hardcore Astro fans, as the hardcore Yankee fans. They all are. They're just more Yankee fans because it's been bred in them for generations to watch the Yankees. And then it's also been bred in people to hate the Red Sox, hate the Yankees, hate the Cubs, hate the Cardinals. Astros now too. Astros now too, right? Mm-hmm. So people tune in. It's almost better if the, everyone hates the team. Because more people tune into stuff they hate than they will to watch something
1: they really like. That sounds like our conversation yesterday about the dude that was exactly. supposed to retire. Exactly. But yeah.
4: that's kind of what I'm saying. And, and it's not bad for baseball. It's good for growth in those markets. But the problem is like the Diamondbacks won in 01, but they couldn't continue the success. Right? Like the Marlins in 97 and 2003, when they won, the people were there, they were watching. But then the next year they went to shit. So then everyone was like, eh, here they go again. Oh, this sucks. Right? can the Diamondbacks sustain the success? Because they have a great facility in spring training. They have a great ballpark. It's indoors in Arizona. They're in the same city, so everything is contained in Phoenix. So they have fans. It's just a matter of can they sustain the success? Because what happens, and you know this, and, and Kratz and Locaine, you guys know this, if, as soon as you start losing, everyone goes away. It's like, I don't want to go to that. I mean, the hardcore fans, you know, Kansas City still got 14 15,000, but... When that place was rocking, there was 40, 50000 every night. So you have to sustain the success and keep people interested. Because, listen, I live in Orlando. We have the Magic. They've been terrible for years. They're supposed to be pretty decent. There's a little bit more excitement in the air about, hey, I want to go to Magic games. Now, when we had Shaq and Penny, you couldn't get a ticket. They Everyone took went, over, right? It was insane. But then they Shaq left, Penny left, and they went to shit. And then they got Dwight Howard and that whole crew again. They mm-hmm. made it to the finals. Everyone was excited. Now they haven't done that for 20 years. Guess what? Everyone's like, eh, it's a magic. Eh, eh. It, it becomes complacency
1: because it's not
4: generation after generation after generation of people rooting or rooting against them.
1: It's funny. I was about to hand you a new MLB franchise, but now that you guys are only fair weather fans, I'm, I'm going to have to
4: take mm, it back. Are you? Because <laughs> every other fan base isn't fair weather.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I mean, I think on the Texas side too, like I mentioned, it's a big market. They haven't been in the World Series in a minute. They have plenty of star power. Sure, Corey Seager doesn't talk a ton. He's not the most vocal, enthusiastic, outgoing dude, but he's a superstar. Only in the one sport. problem with
4: that place. I played there. What? As soon as it hits like September, Cowboys, boom. Yeah, but you know what? You are capable of following two teams. It's but Come they. On. I know, but I, listen, I played there. I witnessed it. As soon as the Cowboys start, it becomes. All cowboys, twenty four seven on every channel.
1: I have great news. There are there is no World Series game on Sunday. I don't know if I'm I assuming know the cowboys. No, listen, like, the Rangers are going to pack that place. It's yeah. going
4: to because the fans are awesome in Texas. Don't get me wrong, but I'm just saying like it is still cowboys heavy. It's mm-hmm. like uh, St. Louis is cardinal heavy, right? Because that's the only team they have. I mean, they have the blues, but honestly, it's cardinals, 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 cardinals. But there are other cities. Pittsburgh, the Steelers start. Guess what? No one goes to Pirates games.
1: Well, the Pirates also don't treat their fan base but well.
4: I'm just saying. It's just everyone's Steeler
1: fans. Right. And also, the St. Louis lost the Rams. They took them away. That's why San Diego gets a lot of credit there, too. Let's do this quick, and then we're going to cover Dusty Baker news on the other side. Game one starters announced. So let's show that. You've got Mr. Evaldi matching up against Zach Allen. Eric Kratz has been breaking down the numbers. Do you agree with the decision-making process? I think Gallon was pretty obvious. Evaldi versus Jordan Montgomery, I can see Monty pitched more recently out of relief. And I don't know if you've got a righty-lefty thought process there, but you can make a case for either side. I think you can make a
3: case for either side. I think, to me, I think that it ended up tipping on the – the only numbers I could see was the fact that Monty pitched – Monty pitched recently, and Evaldi didn't. I mean, I you know you were saying before about how it could be lefty righty combo. I just think, I mean, they didn't do anything against Ranger Suarez. Yeah, they scored the three runs in the last game, but I thought they struggled against. I thought the Diamondbacks struggled against curveballs. I really, you know, the only number that I see as far as like a pitch that sticks out to me is that slider that Monty throws. And I thought they struggled against him. So, to me, it has to be
1: about the fact that Monty just pitched. Okay. Yeah, because Monty's curveball looked pretty good. <laughs> yeah, pretty, pretty damn nice. good. If you can get Jordan Alvarez in the playoffs, which, by the way, your thoughts on what he does and what he's turned into, is he – like, who's your comp for him in terms of his impact as a clutch player, a postseason player, a feared player? Like, some people brought up Albert Pools, but – to me, you know, if you're talking clutch and more winning, it's it maybe Big Poppy in the playoffs.
2: What do you think? Why? I you mean,
1: I think David might – David, when we talked to
4: David, Oof. he was all about – or I've heard David yeah. say, like, he's a little poppy, you know. Um, Pujols, yeah, gosh, the problem was Pujols was, like, out of the playoffs for so long when he I went know. to Anaheim that it kind of – because he was so yeah. good, remember, in, in St. Louis, and then he just disappeared because he went to the place that does not do playoffs, Anaheim Angels. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It's 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 he he's special because he, he has power, but he also takes his walks, and you know he will take the single to the left. So I mean, listen, Alvarez is great. Listen, as far as Ivaldi versus Montgomery, the reason the only thing I can think of is Ivaldi nine and one in his last ten playoff starts. And listen, Monty's been great, but nine and one stands out. And Bochy trusts him probably a little bit more. And he didn't pitch in Game Seven, so Bochy probably thinks he can get a little more length out of him. And because the OPSs are very similar, a little bit lower against lefties, but most teams are, especially when you have Carroll and you lose Alec Thomas and some other guys. So Marte is better usually left-handed than he is right-handed. So there's some there's some reasons there, but listen, ovaldi has been damn good.
1: Yeah, and if you play it right, they'll both get two starts in the playoffs. Well, hopefully, well, Evald will get five case. on
4: the road though,
1: and you feel better about that. I mean, I, mean, I think. Both I mean, of them... it's nitpicking, right? Yeah, I, I it's mean, a good it's a good problem. It's a great it's... problem to have if you're the Rangers. You can't be that critical
0: That's
1: ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Talking Dusty Baker. Well, that's what he said. Action. Long time manager. 26 years managing in Major League Baseball. And he's calling it. That's it. And, you know, he spoke earlier today about how he'd like to still be a part of the game as an advisor, preferably with a team on the West Coast. Owner Jim Crane of the Astros said open invitation for him to help out their front office, be a part of their front office. But it sounds like he wants to be even more West so he can hang out. You know, he's got the vineyards and he's got a lot of hobbies. He's, he's a renaissance man. But he also said he, just, he wants to help people off the field like Hank Aaron did. So it was cool to hear from Dusty earlier today. And he had great lines as usual. One of them was really good. I'm looking for it. He said, most guys are at home collecting social security at 70 something years old which I'm also doing. (laughs) So he still wants to be active. Well, did you have a relationship with him? Your thoughts on really this last stage of his career too, which he said was the kind of the fastest four years of his life because there was so much winning. He and Jim Crane gave him a lot of credit. He came over to a team that had the worst reputation in modern history based off the cheating scandal. And he was a great spokesman for them during that time period to
2: get him through it. Yeah, he handled I feel like he handled everything well as far as answering the tough questions. But a guy like Dusty, you have to find a way to keep guys like him in the game. And he wants to be around. He wants to be a part of baseball. He wants to help people. So you got to find a way, whether that be with the Astros or with another team to keep him in the game. Because I personally, I didn't get an opportunity to kind of meet him. You know, it's kind of just, you know, hey, how you doing? You know, I was a rookie when when I met him so of course I didn't talk much when uh when I was coming up so uh but yeah I think guys like that keep me in the game you see how his team is reacting to him they love him they're jumping on top of him so guys like that they must be in the game because they add such value to this game
1: yeah the stories are incredible any of you guys mm-hmm. spent good time with him I have I mean the same thing it's like the manager meetings and covering the Astros for years it's the kind of guy where You know, we always talk about what the manager meetings are like before you call games. He's one where he's super comfortable, almost so comfortable that you look up. It's been like 20 minutes and you've barely talked about the game. Right. Mm You've talked about something else, which is entertaining. It's just he's so full of like knowledge and history and all that. And he's just been around the game for such a long ass time, you know?
4: Yeah. And he's, he's comfortable in his own skin and he trusts his feelings and he trusts what he's doing. It's a huge difference for compared to a lot of managers. A lot of managers aren't. They don't trust themselves. They don't trust what they're doing. And Dusty's like, I've been through all this stuff, and so when you go talk to him, he's he's great. I, I told you the story. We're in, we're sitting there in the LDS, and he's handing us cards like, "Hey, look, this is why I'm doing this." And you're like, "Why should
1: I see this?" But he's like, "Fuck it, I'm retiring." But
4: I'm like, <laughs> "Okay, right." So, I mean, it's just cool. I, I'll never forget Dusty. 2004, 2003, he was obviously in San Francisco, just gone to the Cubs, right? And uh, I thought I was getting traded to the Cubs that year. I got traded to San Francisco. Uh, I thought I was going to the Cubs. Like, it was done. And I ended up going to the Giants. Well, so I see Dusty that in spring training. And Dusty's like, hey, man, I know you like to fish and you like to do outdoors." And he gave me, like, a list of, like, people. He's like, here, call these guys. They'll take care of you if you ever want to fish in the Bay Area. Like, out of nowhere. Like, I, I mean, I had never even... Other than, hey Dusty, how you doing? I'd never had like a full-on conversation with him, so uh, it was pretty cool that he he did things like that. And it just every time I see him, he's always smile on his face. Hey, he always had the Alexa playing. He's like, hey, Alexa, stop and do <laughs> our meeting. And as soon as we walk out, you hear the Alexa kick back on. Just things like that. He was he was just he's just one of the guys you want to hang out with.
1: He brought treats too all the time and just food. Like he talked about it for years. I don't know if he always did it during his managerial career, but he even jokingly. Mentioned that when the Chaz McCormick story broke about him saying he needs to drop a few. And he was like, I don't care. He's like, I bring him uh, cookies or something like that. Pudding. Banana pudding, pudding,
3: I think it was. Yeah. Yeah. I never met him. I never met, I mean, just playing against him when he was managing with the Nats. But when you talk about confident, like a confident person, that's why he can delve into his players. That's why he can really impact his players because he's confident in who he is no matter what it, what builds his confidence he is confident in who he is and everybody from Todd to anybody that played with him when he was at all of his other stops they've all said like he communicated so well and he would talk to a Todd who was playing every day he would talk to a I remember Lance Nix was telling me he was you know a bench guy and he had success under Dusty but he helped him have that success because he would talk to him and had such great communication with him because he wasn't worried about like stupid stuff for himself. He was, yeah. So that confidence that you guys talk about that, you know, I never met him, but you could see he exuded it. That's
1: what makes him such an impact on these teams and the players that he managed. Okay. So next layer here, because then we're going to talk to Sterling Thompson, Rockies prospect, who's out in the Arizona Fall League. We'll chat with him for a few. And by the way, later on, Kike Hernandez, Jose Trevino. We might grab a player from the World Series. So a lot of action today. But there are a number of candidates being mentioned. Jim Crane, owner of the Astros. He's more involved than most owners. And I'll criticize some owners for being too involved. He can be involved. It's it's worked well for them in terms of winning. So that's fine. Clearly knows what he's doing. But they said it's going to be... a fluid kind of quick process. They'd like to get a replacement there as soon as possible. Um, Bob Nightingale put out a tweet pretty recently saying Brad Ausmus and Joe Espada are strong candidates and that Ausmus, I forgot about this, was runner up to Dusty for manager and then to Dana Brown for general manager. So clearly there is a relationship and they like him and he's finished close. I'll start because I have a little experience on this front. You guys probably have more. I think hiring Brad Ausmus would be a mistake. I'm just going to go that far. Had A lot of negative reviews from players does not treat media. Well, I would say that right to him. Love an apology someday from him to many people that he has not been nice to. And I'm shocked that he keeps getting jobs and I don't go that far that often. It's not a personal attack. It's just, I don't, I don't get it, you know, and actually I want to like him, liked him as a player, thought he was going to be a star as a manager, a front office member. I think many did and it hasn't worked out. And my, I can only go off of what I'm hearing from other players going back to the Detroit days and then into the angels days. And then also just at least getting a view of it with how he dealt with the media. He stood out. He was an outlier. Like I talk about relationships with almost every manager that I came across. His was the only one where he seemed like in a terrible mood and did not treat many broadcasters. Well, I'm speaking for many. So sorry. Yeah
4: yeah okay yeah that's all I need to say is yeah okay my turn now someone has to do that yeah okay (laughs) I would you know Jim Crane hold on before you go I'm just gonna Uh say I've been one of those what broadcasters that he's not
1: been nice to Mm -hmm. mm-hmm yeah yeah. yeah,
4: and you played. Not that that should even matter. Well, maybe he's still mad because he didn't win a World Series game when I played against him. I don't know. Happy anniversary! Boom.
3: <laughs> what? Hey, congrats on that. What does what does not nice mean?
1: Like just like short <laughs> and like no info. All of the above. No info would be a win. I, yes. I've gotten that where you get the runaround. That's fine. I am Kratz. You know me now. One, One word answers. I do, and that's why. One word answers. Yes, no, <laughs> and not
4: even looking at you when you talk to them i'll
1: give you you all you need to know because i know how you are as a person kratz not treating others like they're humans that's not cool right like i'm above you i don't need to answer you this is a waste of my time like so many so many like and i've probably come across and had to do interviews maybe five to ten times right and it's like nobody wants to do it eventually even like where I worked last time around, like people were like, oh, like we have to bring him on. Like he doesn't want to do it. Why? And it's not interesting. He's not nice to us. It's, you know, you're getting him ready for the interview. If it's an interview versus the behind the scenes stuff. And it's like, it's like, okay, whatever. You know, like it's, it's not even funny. It's just, you don't feel like you're being respected as a human being. And there's, I I can't think of almost anyone in baseball that has treated me or others to that extent. Look down on,
3: look down on, like I'm looking down on
1: Kane right now very much I so look down local. i have to go there i've never said it publicly but i'm sorry like when i see someone as a strong candidate for a job like that i don't know if the homework's being put together i'm not the only one to think this because okay. i don't have something like that to say about almost anybody else in baseball coaches players etc like i'm pretty easy even if a dude's shy or he's like nah i'm good i don't want to do this interview or i don't want to talk to you or whatever i don't i don't care you know this well, is just a level that i don't I don't stand for.
3: Yeah. And and I I can respect that. But here's the thing with Jim Crane, you're saying he like he wins, you know, his teams win. He has hired some bangers of managers, like A.J. Hinch, I think the world of. So many people think the world of Dusty Baker. So his next hiring here, like you feel like he that's one area he can do a good job. Maybe he's not a like people person. And I think he probably made a lot of these. Extensions or contract decisions this past offseason because they were going through GM issues. Like he sucked at that. Jim Crane. Jim Crane brought in Jose Abreu, brought back Michael Brantley. He was hurt most of the time. That's so that doesn't really count. And Rafael Montero got extended, or maybe it was a free agent. I'm not exactly sure. They all combined for below, they were negative war combined. So while he didn't do real well in the free agent market, he has he has hired some great managers, like especially after they got rid of. Well, I don't know if he was the owner when Bo Porter was in, but they got rid of him, and he went AJ Hinch, Dusty Baker. So, to me, I think he will probably get the right person. Now, is Brad Ausmus too much in his ear
1: as a ex guy, but. I don't friend know. of friend of Bagwell, you know I, I don't know Bagwell, so no, I, don't. Uh, I know that he's tight with Crane, so there's a connection there. My thing was more just I don't know, do your homework, or I don't know what I'm missing, you know. Like I'm I'm open conversation. We're talking for two hours every day. I'm just mm-hmm. like I don't know if you've come across him at all, low And then we'll, all right, I, we'll, haven't, we'll I haven't, I haven't, you have I mean, okay. just played against
2: him, but as far as just meeting him, talking to him. Never experienced anything. Um, but he's obviously rubbing people the wrong way. So something something's not adding up. We're, somebody's missing something. And for him to keep continue to get jobs or be top candidates for jobs is you know, maybe people are starting to figure out this guy doesn't belong in my clubhouse. So we'll see. Time will tell if he gets a job and you know, with Houston or not. So uh just kinda wait and see approach on that. Yeah, I,
1: I think that, – that's all. I'm curious. I'm curious to see how that goes because, yeah. you know, it's definitely a connectivity kind of business networky. So, if he hires him, I, I think it could really hurt the team. That's He's all. had two chances already. I mean, he already was in Detroit with the unbelievable that team. That team was sick. And then he well, went it's... to Anaheim and what, last – how long was it? A year? I think a year, and then Madden came, right? But they,
4: he wore out his welcome in Anaheim, didn't yes, he? Yes,
1: very quickly. Like, people
4: were, like, publicly no. – players were
1: publicly – going after him they were like no stop this and they did i give i give already credit for that let's let's hit in the weeds because there's a manager carousel action going on right now and ken's back with us tomorrow so we'll definitely quiz him on that front but it does sound like for example the guardians manager job is still ongoing so kratz while steven boat sounds like it could be a front runner yeah there we go let's see if we can find anyone else in the weeds Ken reported, I think it was either, yeah, it was yesterday or last night. Andy Green is interviewed for the job. And there's a report on some other names involved. Oh, and Will Salmon linking Craig Council to the Guardians as well. Yeah. No. That one. No, no that one makes zero sense. That anymore. makes no sense. It's not going to happen. How, how, how does that happen? You're going to leave Milwaukee where you grew up and you love the team and the team is better, at least right now. And you're gonna to go to Cleveland, and also, I mean, you know, if you read more, and we'll get into this with Kent tomorrow, it is important, or at least according to the report, that he has a chance to raise the bar for manager salaries. That means a lot to him. Okay, well, then don't go to Cleveland. I doubt that they're <laughs> gonna give you the highest price. <laughs> yeah. I bet I, I, just, I bet Tito was making decent decent change there for as long no, no, as he was I know. There, but you think if there's a bidding war between Milwaukee, Cleveland, and the Mets, who's Cleveland's probably finishing
4: third. most money? Cleveland's probably finishing third in that one. Uh, yeah. My, my thing with this is, is I saw this about Council, and he's like, he wants to raise. Managers used to get paid a lot. Yes. Right? So then the front office devalued them to where they didn't get it paid a lot because I remember reading stories where like Aaron Boone and Alex Cora were barely making a million dollars managing the Yankees and the Red Sox. And you're like, this doesn't make. But then you had Madden, who was kind of like, the last guy to make like five, six million dollars. Six,
1: six, like five years, 30 or something. Yeah, he
4: was like the last one. And then people started buying down because they would be like, oh, like we t- we kind of talked about it Madden, like the front office undervalued managers and said, oh, they're disposable. We can just pick a different one anytime. They'll do the same job. So that they drove the salaries down. And so therefore, but people still wanted to be big league managers. So they're like, oh, sure, I'll take your three year. million dollar (laughs) contract 700 a year yeah but i'm a big league manager
1: that's a big thing in our sport i can tell you that with other jobs too the recognition players too players broadcasters Broadcasters. big right because they're like there's only so many of these and there's someone that's going to want to do it and what's the quality control like are they good enough that it's fine and it's not worth the extra coin or is it Craig Council and he can make a difference and you don't really like a lot of the other candidates? That's the true test here going on right now. And I think if what hey, the Mets are not perfect. They had a terrible season. They spent a ton of money. It did not work out. They're making changes. Stearns comes in. I think there's one thing. If if they think that there's quality and it's going to cost more, I think they've proven already, they're going to get it, right? Yeah. They're going to try. They're not going to say, uh, eh, we're going to save a couple million bucks and get a skipper that we don't feel as good well,
4: about. I want to ask Krauts and Locaine, though, though. they played for council. Yeah. Is this like a, a game of chicken with him in the, in the, in the brewers? Because if he's doing this just to drive up salary, does that mean he's going back to the brewers, but he just wants to use them as a negotiating ploy? And the fact that that got out isn't a good
1: thing. Why? Because the brewers are like, you you're using us. Yeah, but you won't know that's that. That's the game yeah. of chicken though. Are you using us? And then they call, and then he calls you and goes, Yeah, so it's 5.5. Are you guys gonna match? And if they say no and they don't believe it, he calls back and goes, Cool, it's been real, really appreciate y'all. But I'm getting millions more with uh, Uncle Steve. Bye. Mm-hmm. Okay, it. go, go ahead, okay. And I want to hear
2: your, your side of it. To me, it's tough to play a game of chicken with that much. I mean, 5 million 3.5. Um, like I said, you might upset Milwaukee, who knows, by saying, you know, putting this information out, it might not come from council, we don't know where it's coming from so I don't want to play chicken with that much because I feel like council is in a great situation where it's hits home it's home it's Milwaukee you know grew up there everything is aligned for him perfectly so I don't know for me it's, it's always been about comfort so i don't I don't like to mess up great situations that I'm in to pursue stuff that's yeah maybe slightly better New York I'm not a big fan so at the end of the day we'll see what happens it, it's up to council but, And also on top of it, does council put your team over the hump? You know, we've seen Milwaukee uh, go to playoffs a few times, but they haven't gotten to the World Series yet in years and years and years. So does he put your team over the top? That's the question mark for me. What would you do, Well, if you were him? Say that again? What would you do if you were him? If If I were him, I'm staying in Milwaukee because I've always been – i've always been a, sm- a smaller market type guy i've always been about comfort over over going to a place that you know new York i'm not a big fan of you know so there's a lot of things that i don't like about new york or Chicago or certain places so comfort has always been my priority so if i'm him i'm staying in Milwaukee i feel like he has a good setup there everybody loves him he's a great manager and i'm i wouldn't want to leave that situation if i'm him even if the team might not be the same team? Well, I mean, Milwaukee's they're always gonna be in a rebuilding type mode. They're just the way that just the way their teams work the team works. I mean, we're gonna they're gonna be dealing with this situation for the rest. To me, always. Because they're, they're a small market team. They they can't outbid the New Yorks, the the the, Yan- the you know, the Yankees, the Mets. They can't outbid those teams. So it's always going to be a revolving door, no matter what the situation is. So I think council is the perfect manager for situations like that. Kratz,
1: what would you do? Because, I mean, also, of course, when I ask that, I mean, like, if the money's different, right? If the Mets beat the money by, you know, a mil or a mil and a half or more per year, and it's guaranteed for, say, five years, Mm -hmm. um, Kratz, does that change how you would – respond how he should respond how where and like you mentioned where the team's at like yeah they're always in it's a reload kind of mode right they have to kind of balance staying competitive and they've done a really good job of it but yeah big woos hurt burns could get dealt could be a very different team
3: I, i mean i can't speak for craig obviously but i can speak of the person that he is and he's been in milwaukee forever he was the ball boy in milwaukee he played in milwaukee Yes, he went to other places. Yes, he went to Notre Dame for school. But he's managed here. He has done well. And I think he has built up enough street credit. He's built up enough credits with Mark Antanasio that he can go and talk to other teams. But in those discussions, he's talking to the Mets. Hey, if he talks to the Mets and they say, yeah, we're looking to make a big splash. We think we can get Otani. We have this in our farm system. We're going to give you autonomy for this and that. And he goes to the brewers and they say, look, Craig, like, uh, you know, I think we're going to break this thing down. Big Wu's not coming back. Burnsy's a good trade candidate. Uh, we could get, you know, we could unload Willie for our last, you know, through his last year free agency. Might be a little bit of a turnaround here. Are you willing to do that? And then then he makes his decision based on that. But honestly, for me, I know this sounds crazy, but if you feel good about a place, if you feel like a good place, then I stay, stay in Milwaukee. 1.5 million more doesn't mean that much to me. Let's slap.
1: Hats, hats. What do you got?
3: I'm getting down there. I'm getting to the bottom. Now, it's just a Yankees hat, right? Just a Yankees hat. Not a big deal. But I can't believe I just found this. It was sitting on my shelf. This is a trophy hat for me. So, little Jackie Robinson Day hat. When you don't always get called up until, like, May or June, and you get to wear a Jackie Robinson hat, it's on the trophy shelf.
1: Wow. There you go. Love that. Love Who's that. The thing, Chris. Yes, um, we have Mr. Rosenthal. Ken's joining us tomorrow, and so is Big Woo. Maybe Ooh. Big Wu will give Ooh. us some breaking Craig Campbell news. Here's a bre- here's a bit be- here's a breaking news. You have to
3: tune in to check out Big Wu's haircut. Oh
2: wow! He texted it- me
3: about his haircut. Low It might make you cry.
2: Oh man! I just Same. talked to him two weeks ago, when he told me he's having surgery or whatever. Oh man! Yeah, new cut. Damn. Man.
3: Little post, little post,
2: post surgery haircut. Mm. Wow.
1: Okay. Good little uh, teaser there. And lastly, we want to announce and um, make sure we promote on December second the uh, Pedro Gomez Foundation Golf Tournament and Auction. Um, if you want to get involved, all proceeds provide student scholarships. It's out there at Whirlwind Golf Club in Chandler, Arizona. Um, the late great legend Pedro Gomez. So. Such amazing contributions to this sport. So well-liked by everyone in the game. Such a gamer, such a grinder. Um, Unfortunately, lost him way too soon. And if you sign up for that golf tournament, there's a ton of goodies involved. Breakfast, golf, drink tickets, um, golf balls, giveaways, the whole deal. So live music, cocktails, awards afterward, auction. um, And you can use the QR code right there on the screen for more information and to sign up, to be involved. Um, A lot of cool events going on in December. Baseball does a great job. I mean, the sport is every day. And then there are people doing a lot of hard work to put together events like this in the off season to connect fans um, with people that are gonna be there. So uh, again, it's December 2nd in Chandler, Arizona, and you can see more information there on the QR code. And that's all we got. That was a nice fully packed day with a little media day action. So. Appreciate you. Yeah, tomorrow, Ken Rosenthal, Big Woo. Jay Fish is joining us for a Friday show. And reminder, I want to keep saying this, after every single World Series game, FT is live with a post-game show, with the Real Talk post-game show for you. So, guys, enjoy the World Series. And uh, Kratz, I'll see you tomorrow. Kane, we'll see you when
2: we see you. All right. You guys, take care. See ya. Oh, Low you looking bald. <laughs> 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 Hey, get in
1: on the action with the FT fam at BetMGM. New customers use the bonus code FOUL, F-O-U-L, for a $1,500 first bet offer. Download the BetMGM Sportsbook app on iOS or Android or visit BetMGM.com. Sign up and deposit at least $10 into your BetMGM Sportsbook account. Place your first wager and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if the bet loses. If that bet does lose, your bonus bets will be available once your initial wager is settled.